Welcome to Water and Stone Podcast. You are listening to episode 112, our Sunday worship service for April 14th, 2019 is titled Proof. It's our Palm Sunday service, and it's the fifth in the series, Keep It Real. You are the proof you've been looking for. So our scripture today is Luke 19, 39, and 40. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these became silent, the stones would cry out. Now, that little moment contains an important spiritual teaching, something that can change a lot of things for a lot of people. But i got to get there. You might know where this happens. I mean, Palm Sunday is kind of a clue. This is at the end of the Palm Sunday part. You know that part of the story where Jesus says, guys, it's time to go home. It's time for something big to happen. The whole ministry, the whole teaching, the whole life, the whole pattern has been leading up to this moment. And so Jesus says, look, there's a prophecy about the Messiah, the hero, the the guy coming in a certain way. I got to show up on a donkey. There's things that we say. There's things that we do. And so we need to set that up. And he tells the disciples where to go. You know the story. Tell them the quick version. He knows just where to go to get the right donkey. And he tells the disciples to go do that. And they do all the things they need to do. And Jesus shows up in accordance with prophecy. And it's almost like a ticker tape parade, like rolling out the red carpet. Everybody knows there he is. This is the moment that that we've been waiting for. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and all of that. Maybe you remember the story. You went to Sunday school somewhere. You know the story. But I got to tell you, every time... I think about that story, I I feel a little conflicted because I love it. I mean, my hero, I love the idea of, you know, because a lot of times people didn't recognize what Jesus had to say. And so here's a moment where everybody's on the same page. They knew what was going on. They, They had heard about Lazarus and the feeding of the multitudes and the walking on water and everything. In this one moment, it seems like, maybe in all of Scripture, in this one moment, everybody's got it. And I love that. But on the other hand... I know what's coming on Friday. I don't know about you, but I watch the same movies over and over again, and I still talk to the screen every time. They never listen. The bad guy's right around the corner. Don't go that way. They always go that way, no matter what I say. You watch Titanic. You know what's going to happen. I don't care so much about Leonardo DiCaprio going down. Not a big fan. But the rest of the people... You shout at the screen, but the ship goes down. They don't look. You know, the same thing happens over and over again. So when you see Good Friday coming, you know. And so there's a part of me, at least, maybe you feel this too. There's a part of me that goes, just don't go. Don't. Or at least don't go in the front door, so to speak. Don't show up on the donkey. Don't show your hand. Don't let everybody know what's going on. Can you sneak into town? Something. And you know Jesus knows. He said so. And, you know, it's Jesus. You know Jesus knows. So, why? Jesus knows that Good Friday is going to happen. But Jesus knows that Easter has to happen. And so maybe it's an omelet and egg situation. I'm telling you that because... There are people in this room and people watching online and all of that who are looking down the barrel of a good Friday of their own. 
in one way or the other. Sometimes people run from it. Sometimes people do all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, just as sure as it was thousands of years ago, Easter has to happen for you. And it might just mean taking a step forward into something you're not so sure about. It might just mean moving forward on something because your Easter has to happen. Besides, Jesus wasn't big on sneaking around. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you think about it, part of the, the deal with obeying the prophecy of living up to that, getting the donkey, doing the whole thing, part of that has to do with saying, this is something that I do on purpose. When you think about it, everything Jesus did was deliberate. This is a deliberate ministry. There are no room for accidents in the universe, but even in this ministry, in, in the things that Jesus said and did, I mean, think about the way the miracles went. Think about the way that, that he lived. Think about the stuff going on. Even little things like the Lord's Prayer. You know, I don't know about you, but a lot of people, when they pray, they pray the prayer of accidents. Oh, God, you know, if you, if you just, I don't know, can you just look the other way? Can you just be nice to me this one time? If it's not too much trouble, can you, I don't know, something to be nice? You've seen my Amazon wish list. People pray that way. Or they pray the prayer of God, please don't hurt me anymore, which is a whole separate issue of dysfunctional stuff. Your idea about God is going to determine your experience of God, but that's a topic for another time. But people pray a prayer of maybe and, and maybe could you please and that kind of stuff. But the Lord's Prayer, when he said, when you pray, do it like this, remember? The Lord's Prayer is a series of determined affirmations. There's no, if you could see your way clear, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know the words, we just got done saying them. Every moment of Jesus Christ's ministry down to the words that he said was deliberate. Jesus Christ was as deliberate as the sunrise. And so maybe, just maybe, if you're looking for your miracle, if you're looking for your Easter, if you're looking to just live the spiritual life, a life that works in some way or the other, maybe part of the secret is, can I be deliberate about something? Can I just take a step? Maybe that's challenging. Because somewhere along the line, we've been fed this idea that being spiritual means being loosey-goosey. I'm so spiritual that I have no idea where I'm going right now. I'm not even looking. I just got the cruise control on. Oh, that's a tree. People live their lives that way. The idea that spirituality means, means not knowing a thing is kind of silly. Because why are you here? People say, I want to be in tune with the infinite. And let's be careful about not being in tune with the indefinite. That's different. The great minister Eric Butterworth says, imagine if you went to an airport and you said, I just want to get a ticket. I just want to go somewhere. Come on, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm spiritual. Before too long, Homeland Security will intervene. You can't do that. Yes, of course, there's trust involved in the spiritual journey. Yes, of course, you leave certain things open to God. Yes, of course, you leave it open at the top. Just like you trust the mechanics, you trust the pilot, you trust the peanuts or whatever. There's trust all over the place. But it starts with a deliberate action of stepping forward and buying a ticket to somewhere. Can you be deliberate in some small way about your life? Can you decide something? Because God has something in store for you. And it all begins with a single step. I'm here to tell you that your whole life leading up to this moment is a prophecy. 
Your whole life leading up to this moment is telling you about a miracle that can happen next for you. All you've got to do is say yes. And something can change for you. Your Easter can start when you live up to the prophecy, live up to what God's been trying to tell you for so long. And that might sound like a lot. People say, well, who the heck am I? Come on, what are you talking about? Well, there's a lot we can say about that, but a lot of it is stuff that we've already said. I mean, what, you want scripture? Good and very good. You are my child in whom I am well pleased. Did you not know that ye are gods? I got more. I got a book full of them. And yea, the Lord said, I like you. I really like you. What do you want? But you know what? That's in a book. No matter how wonderful the book, sometimes it's not in people's hearts. I get it. I want you to know that everybody's allowed to be in the, down in the dumps sometimes. Everybody's allowed to feel doubt, to feel fear, to feel anger, to feel all of that stuff. But there's a difference between feeling it, feeling no good, and deciding that you're no good. Let's decide to have a difference between those two things. Because here's the math. If you think you're no good, what does it say about who made you? Are you willing to make that claim? Like I said, you're allowed to feel no good sometimes, but let's walk it back and start to make different choices. I'm not saying it's an overnight thing, but let's start to make different choices. And if that seems like a lot, I'll give it to you differently again. This is one of those things that we need to recap every once in a while because it's a big deal. So here's, here's how this works. You know that your life is not an accident. You know that the things you say the things you do, the things you think about, determine the course of your life. And once again, that's very biblical. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by a renewing of your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, and on and on and on. What you got going on on the inside is what you got going on on the outside. There are no accidents. And if you look back at your life, we're not going to a blame place. We don't do that around here. But if you look back at your life, everything that has happened has an internal counterpart. You think a certain way, you get a certain experience every time. There is no room for accidents in your life. But we talk about that a lot. We're comfortable with it. You get it here all the time. Just about every church you've ever been to has some version of that. It's very biblical. In other non-biblical traditions, they talk about things like karma. It's a very universal idea. What you put out, you get back. No accidents in the universe. You got it. So let me give you a different one. If we know that together. I want to let you know that you are no different than the universe. It's easy to believe that all this is true in my little life, but the whole rest of everything is different. Well, guess what? On earth as it is in heaven. I didn't write that one. Perhaps you've heard it before because we said it a few minutes ago. As above, so below, as they say. What I like to say all the time is everything is like everything. And what I mean by that is if it's true in your life, it is true on a cosmic level. If there are no accidents in your life because what you think is what you get, it means there's no accidents about your life. It means that wherever you go, here's the deal, you are required. The universe has thought you into existence. The universe has made a U-shaped hole and you have filled it. The question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? There's a reason for your existence. And I don't want to pressure you, but I bet it's something awesome. This is kind of how it works. 
There is a reason for your existence. You don't have a choice about that. You have a choice about, am I going to step into it, or am I going to do kicking and screaming? You know the story of Jonah and the whale, the quick version. God says, Jonah, I need you to do some stuff. And Jonah says, no. And God says, you're going to do it anyway. Do you want to go by train, or do you want to go by fish? Travel agent. Got two routes for you. If you check Trivago, I'm going to go over here. It's an important Easter moment because Jonah's in the belly of the whale, the fish, whatever, depending on your Bible translation, for three days. We know about being in something for three days. It's an Easter thing. Universal message. But the basic idea is the fish spits Jonah out on the shores of the town he was supposed to go to in the first place. In the same way, you have a mission. You have a job. Big or small is not mine to judge, not even yours to judge. you got something to do, and you're going to do it the easy way or the hard way. When you know that, though, that's actually really beautiful. Because sometimes it's tricky. Okay, well, then what is God's plan for me? That seems like a lot. Well, first of all, let me tell you, you don't have to know the whole plan. God's job. All you have to know is the next step. Take a step. So let's take the pressure off. But I can also tell you that one of the ways you can gauge the next step is do the Jonah test. Something fishy? <laughs> Because the moments where it hurts, the moments where there is itchiness in your life, discomfort in your life, it may just be that you are dragging your feet. It may just be that that there is an opportunity to listen instead of talk. Okay, God, what? I give. To give for just a moment. To take a moment. And just listen. You know, listening is kind of important. <laughs> I need to remind myself because I talk a lot. It's kind of my business. I'm in the talking business. But it's universal. People say, you know, if God is everywhere, then every word is a prayer. Watch your words and think about what you're affirming when you curse the guy in traffic and use your words. And we talk about that all the time. Everything is a word you say that plants a seed that creates a life and all that. Great. I got it. But is that it? Is that the measure of our spirituality where it's just a nonstop a barrage of words like we're some kind of tobacco auctioneer and we're just going to hit God with as many words as possible and it's all about us talking? Are you comfortable, in other words, with a relationship with God where he is a silent partner? I don't know where you grew up, but I heard that talking also requires listening. And if God is everywhere, if God is listening, it also means that God is talking all the time. Maybe my spirituality has less to do with the requests I put on the infinite and maybe a little more to do with, okay, God, what do you got for me? God is talking all the time. And I know what you're going to say. I don't hear a booming voice in the wilderness, and if I did, they would take me away. I get it. But you know the answer to that. You get what you're ready for. God is speaking all the time, but God is speaking according to your level of receptivity. Sometimes God speaks to you in terms of a promotion that puts you in the place you need to be. God speaks to you in terms of a flat tire that gets you out of something horrible. God speaks to you in all kinds of ways based on your receptivity. So part of it is getting receptive, opening up. Part of it is deciding that I'm not here to just tell God a thing and leave it alone. My job with God is a conversation, a talking, and a listening. And I'm going to find ways for there to be an ongoing. After all, the Easter miracle is not an end. If you know the story, you know that it ain't the end of anything. So in our spiritual journey, let's stop looking for something to end. And let's start looking for an ongoing. 
What can you shoot for that never ends? There's a clue. Part of that idea of ongoing is one of the reasons why it was so important for Jesus to obey the prophecy. You know Jesus is not a big rigmarole kind of guy. Not a big wash the outside of the cup kind of guy. So why go through all the extra trouble? Wouldn't it be more like Jesus to go, hey guys, it's me. <laughs> Never mind about the donkey stuff. I got too much to do. But he goes through all of the trouble and does all of the stuff. Why? Bless you. Why? It's not just because Jesus is saying, it's me, it's the calling card, because people were looking for that. They knew the story that the Messiah, the teacher, the hero, the revolutionary figure is going to come in this specific way. Part of it is that he's saying, I'm living up to that. But part of the living up to it is important because when we obey a prophecy, what we're saying is this is not just something that happened in the past, but your past is happening now. It's not just something that you observe going by. It's something that you connect with in your heart. It makes it alive right now. It takes it out of time and makes it a forever moment. That's what happens when you live up to a prophecy. It takes it outside of time. That's a lot, so let me say it this way. The spiritual journey has to do with getting past recognition and into knowing. It's a lot, so I'll say that again. The spiritual journey has to do with taking it past recognition and into knowing. When you recognize something, you see it coming down the road. Hey, there's my friend. Hey, there's an opportunity. Hey, there's a thing. Recognition has to do with seeing something out there. And you know what? Some people don't even get that far. But you showed up this morning. The recognition is only part of the journey. When I know something, it's not going on out there. It's happening in me. What is it that you can see out there in the world that you can take home? I want you to imagine that you bought a new house, new to you, but the house has been there for a while and there's stuff to do and you got to put in appliances and you got to paint stuff and you, you know the things you do to make it your own and you work on it and you save up a little bit, you do a little bit more, you put an air conditioner and you put a roof and you do the stuff and you're finally kind of settled, out of money, just doing the thing, you know how it is. And there's a lump in the carpet in the living room. And you see the lump in the carpet. And it drives you crazy because you got everything else handled. But there's a lump in the carpet. And you trip over it. And you kick the lump and you try to stretch the carpet and nothing happens. And finally maybe you put the coffee table over it. But you know it's there. Even if company doesn't know. And it's all you can think about. Can you imagine that situation? What if one day just one day, nobody else is home and you got a wild hair and you move it and you decide, okay, I'm going to pull this carpet up. And what you find in this old house is beautiful marble floor, something way more expensive than you could ever afford, something way more beautiful than you could ever imagine. It's been there the whole time and the clue, the lump in the floor has been something that you have cursed your whole time there. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. There's a lot of lumps in the carpets of people's lives. And you can curse them, you can ignore them, you can walk around them, you can decide that they're your lot in life. Or you can just get just an inch past the surface and realize that there's something wonderful for you if you participate. What I'm trying to tell you is that spirituality doesn't happen from the sidelines. This journey begins with you walking this path, with getting involved in something, with owning something, because God's got something specifically for you. And that seems funny. Once again, who the heck am I? 
Once again, it's really easy to see what other people are doing. And instead of doing my own work to go, well, I want that. If I won the lottery, I want that car. I want his stuff or her stuff. I want their job. It seems easy. I want what somebody else has because I don't want to work on it. I don't want to get there myself. It's, I don't want to mess with me. I'm not even crazy about me. I want their thing. You know what I mean? But God's got something specific for you. And besides, you know, uh, envy is one of the seven deadly sins. Right after, I think, dopey and sneezy, I can't remember. There's a commandment about coveting. But I wanted to talk about those commandments for a minute because I'm not sure we're doing them right. <laughs> I mean, when you read the commandments, you get the thou shalt not. And I don't know about you, but I think most people, when they read thou shalt not, they read should not. As if God's saying, you know, guys, you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't kill. You really shouldn't, no, no, no. You really shouldn't curse. You really shouldn't, nah. Do you think God talks that way? Do you think God's like, come on, guys. Does it work that way? When we say something is permanent, we go, it's carved in stone. These are carved in stone, <laughs> literally. What if it's not conditional? What if the commandments are not thou should not? What if we should read them a little bit more like thou cannot? You can't break the commandments because commandments. Thou cannot kill because life belongs to God and it goes on forever. You cannot steal, because if it is supposed to be yours, it will be yours no matter what. If it ain't supposed to be yours, there's no force on earth that can keep it in your hands for too long. You know that because you've lived it. So have I. It doesn't mean you shouldn't covet. It means you can't. It means there are things that belong to you and things that don't, and your life gets so much easier if you just let it go. And in fact, if you find yourself in that envy situation with wanting somebody else's stuff, somebody else's journey, somebody else's moment. Remind yourself, I know this is corny, but it works. Envy, the initials are N-V, and that stands for no vision. It means I'm not seeing what's in front of me. If you find yourself wanting somebody else's stuff, it means that you're not working on your own stuff. And that's where happiness lies, in your path, in your journey. As it turns out, you have been created with a unique purpose, a work best known only to you and God. And to the moment you start living up to that in some small way, everything changes. And until you do that, everything stays the same. So, you know, you get to decide how you do this, but you're going to do it. You get to decide easy way or hard way, but you're going to go a way. You get to decide. It's just one of those things. So ask yourself, you know, what do you want? How's this going to go for you? When Jesus showed up in Jerusalem, everybody celebrated because they had been waiting for so long. <sighs> Maybe you know how that feels. I just want something to work. I just want the hero to come. I just want this moment. Finally, can I just have this thing that, that I've been waiting for all my life? Can I just have something work for a change? Maybe you know that feeling. And when Jesus arrived, they call it Palm Sunday because they put palms down on the road, anything they could to make the road easier to travel. They put their coats down, anything that they could. Do you know that feeling of, okay, what? I'll do anything. I'm telling you, 
that that feeling is the beginning of your miracle. Let yourself feel like, okay, God, what? I'll do anything. Because it means your ego is finally out of the way. I'm going to take away the outer covering of whatever it is that I think is so important and just lay it down. What can you lay down? They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ask yourself, in whose name do I come today? When I have a problem with somebody at work, when I got to get my way in that relationship, in whose name do I come today? Because if you want to be blessed, <laughs> you get to choose. But I love that moment where everybody is united around this idea that, you know what, here it is. This is the moment Easter's going to happen. The hero is here, this thing that we've been waiting for all our lives. It's finally happening. And everybody is celebrating. It's an amazing thing. And the Pharisees, the, the powers that be, the authorities say, you know, can you just, we got a big day tomorrow. Can you get these people to just shut up? Maybe you know that feeling. I think everybody's been in a position where something good happens and they try to squish it. Because, you know, I don't deserve it. It's just me. And we're really good at taking and owning the failure. Oh, that thing messed up. I know. I'm sorry. I overslept. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry. I'm no good. A lot of times people aren't so good at owning the celebration. Oh, that's beautiful. I love those shoes. Oh, they were on sale. That outfit is just you. Oh, this old thing? I say that a lot, you can imagine. Whatever it is. Oh, it's, it, was, it was luck. It was happenstance. King Neptune was in a friendly mood. Something happened outside of my control, you know? People tend to not be so good at just saying, wait a minute, it applies to me, the universe, God, love. Write that on something. It applies to me, whatever it is. It's going to take the carpet up so you can see the floor underneath. It applies to me. I'm going to do something about it. And so instead of saying, oh, I don't know, when something wonderful happens, when you get a compliment, I'm going to give you a magic word to say. You ready? Thanks. God doesn't need you to be small. Do you think God made you for that? Just say thank you. Say, you know what? God is doing amazing things for me and through me. Isn't it amazing? I don't even know what all of this means, but it's awesome. I don't know. But here we go. That's the formula. Just say thanks. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know what? Maybe I could make these people quiet, although honestly they haven't been listening to me so well before. Maybe I could make these people be quiet and stop celebrating, but I'll tell you this right now. If they were quiet, the stones would cry out. In other words, the very fabric of existence would testify to the presence of the Christ. This moment, this love, this miracle, too big to be contained. You can't shut this up. Too big. There is something in you that is too big to be held down anymore. It's time to take the compliment. It's time to celebrate the moment, big or small. It's time to say thank you. It's time to live this. You can't hide it anyway because the truth is written all over your face. It's written all over your life. I'm here to tell you that your whole life has been leading up to this moment. Do you know that in almost every story, there's a little bit of a prologue that's a miniature version of the story? I was talking about this with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. Every movie, if you think about like Mulan or you think about like The Wizard of Oz, you know that part in The Wizard of Oz at the beginning, the black and white part? Where she gets in trouble because of her adventurous nature and she falls into the thing and with the pigs and then her three friends come and scoop her out and she's back home? Well, that's the whole rest of the movie, isn't it? 
You got the whole movie, the Cliff Notes version. It's a very common storytelling technique. The example that we talk about a lot is every James Bond movie. He's got a little James Bond movie at the beginning. Over and over again, you see it. Your life up to now has been a prologue. Your life up to now is God telling you, you know what, I got a prophecy for you, man. And look, I don't know how you've handled it before. I don't know how you've faced danger. I don't know how you've turned away. I don't know how you've stood up. I don't know any of that. I know you're here and that says something about you. But you know, like Jonah knew, what a dream deferred looks like. But today, you can decide what a dream acknowledged looks like. Today, you can decide to say yes to that calling in your heart. And no, you don't have to know everything, but you know something. And to that something, to that moment, to that opportunity, all you got to do is say thank you. Your life is a prophecy for love and miracles and healing. It's time now for your Easter to begin. It's time to be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this Sunday lesson and also for taking the time to apply this in your life. Listening to the service and participating in that way is just half of the equation. The other half, and in some ways the most important half, is what you do about it. So I'm so grateful that we're hearing so many good things from people who are applying these principles in their lives to make their lives better and in some way to make their world better. And with that in mind, I want to remind you that this Easter series of lessons has all kinds of special things you can do to get ready for Easter, to get done with the stuff that you've been waiting so long to get done with, and to move into a life that works for everybody. And to do that, we've been uh, allowing all kinds of extra stuff, not just the Sunday morning lesson, but we've got activities for you to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. To find out more about these things and their simple steps that you can apply in just a few minutes that's going to turbocharge your healing and growth process, it's going to really be impactful in your life in all kinds of ways. To find out more about that, please follow us on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. YouTube and so on, please find out about what you can do. Or just send me an email at info at waterandstonechurch.com. Check out our website, waterandstonechurch.com, to find out more about the amazing things that are going on that are going to make an amazing difference in your life. As always, if you want to help support what we're doing, uh, all you got to do is visit waterandstonechurch.com slash donate. There's all kinds of ways you can give electronically or you can shop at Amazon in such a way that it benefits the church. We've got an Amazon wish list of all kinds of stuff that's going to help us do what we want to do. And the last thing on that page is what I want to be the first thing in your heart, and that is to support this church. The best things you can do are show up, and help spread the word. So if this has made a difference in your life today, I hope you'll tell somebody else about it too. We're here for you at Water and Stone. Let us know how it goes for you. Have a great, amazing day.